0: Hello, folks, and welcome to another week here at Dan's Dabble and Babble. I am not going solo for a change. I am actually joined by probably the biggest fan of the podcast, someone who I've promised a spot on the podcast for months now, and it's finally happening. Doing me a big favor, so I can release uh, an episode at least the first weekend that I'm in Europe. Uh, So thank you for joining me and. And we are joined today by none other than the college counseling associate at Shorecrest Preparatory School, Mr. Ben Weil. Ben, how are you doing? Thanks for coming on the podcast. What's going on?
1: I'm so good. This is quite possibly best day of my life. Um, very excited to be on this, and you hit it right on the nose. It's the best bio I've ever been getting, about ever been given. Um, to be number one fan of DD&B. So I'm very excited to be here.
0: And you're also the first person to ever abbreviate DD&B, so you've got that high praise as well. Um, So let's just dive right in. Uh, So typically I was telling you beforehand. Typically, I don't know my guests, uh, but obviously that is not the case this week. And I really don't talk that much about what I do on the podcast, as you know, but it is relevant because I, this summer, will be joining the office that you work in uh, as the assistant director of college counseling. So what was it that got you into college counseling and why is that the best office on campus?
1: (laughs) I love it. That's a great question. Um, I got super involved in like the extracurricular side um, when I was in college. And that's sort of what opened the door for me. I had a, like a rocky way into college in the sense that I went to a college that was like a little bit more prestigious. And then, um, and then it wasn't my scene. And so I ended up transferring. So just going through that process, you know, and that sort of mental strain, um, but then I got to the school that I loved and loved it so much that I went so deep into, you know, I was student government president, I was involved in all the activities and orientation. Um, and I love my classes too, obviously, but um, all of that. Uh, experience, I became sort of like the student on campus to sort of sh- talk about the school and everything that I loved about the school. Um, and admissions there um, at the university took notice. And so I actually stayed on a year after um, I graduated and worked in the admissions department. And that was my first sort of eye into this world of college counseling. Um, and I just got to, I read a thousand applications that year I got to meet you know with hundreds of students and families and talk about how much I love my school and all the programs and everything um and so you know obviously you know fast forward down to where we are now and um this opportunity came came up you know a year ago to work in on the other side where you're sort of counseling students at a high school setting to go to college and which college is best for them Um, and that I just couldn't pass up. Uh, it is the best office on campus, the best team, best people, um, but I'm, I'm very excited for you uh, to join the office uh, in the summer.
0: I am too, and I um, think I knew that you worked uh, in admissions, so it sounds uh, like we were pretty similar in college. I um, have never had the ability to say no to anything. Yeah. Uh and in fact, it, it really causes lots of problems because I, you know, boundaries, who are they? Um, but I that's that's like constantly my New Year's resolution that I have every week that I'm going to be better at setting boundaries. Um, uh, but so when I was in college, I uh was a chemistry major, obviously, and like I was managing my research, managing like my my School work as a chemist. Um, but then, you know, like I was on the cheer team and all of that, but I also worked in admission. So I actually worked in the scholarship office and that was the most fun job that I have ever had. And I used to say most fun non-chemistry job. Um, but then when I really reflect on it, aside from, uh, my internship that I had in Cleveland, which, um, I was a chemical synthesis intern. So I was doing product integrity research and it was just like, it was a very functional company that most industry jobs are not like uh, in, in the chemical industry. So like, that's kind of the outlier. Um, And I obviously love teaching, um, but like there's just something about working in admissions uh, that was so much fun to the point that I like kind of, when I was doing my job search, we had an opening for an admissions counselor and I came really close to uh, applying for that, but I could never pull the trigger because I was like, if I don't leave Terre Haute now, (laughs) I am going to be stuck forever. And especially if I don't leave the place where I went to undergrad now, I'm like never getting out. And I knew that, that I wanted to get that. So, so what was your experience in admissions? Like, was it, did you have as much fun as I did or, or what, what was that experience?
1: That's a that's uh, totally the case. Um, I actually um, they had sort of pitched it to me uh, like it was a it was a new position they were bringing on. Um, actually, kind of similar to what I do now, um, but it was a lot of sort of um, helping offset the counselor load. So um, I didn't have my own territory. A lot of you'll know in like the admissions world, a lot of counselors they have their own territory. So like whether they just they work with you know California students or whatever, right? So I didn't have my own territory, um, and I just helped you know read applications for all the different counselors. Um, and they pitched it uh, to me by saying that I would do some travel, um, and I could just travel to the different you know um, different places where counselors couldn't cover for that time. Um, and and it was interesting to me, but I was also I, I loved so where I, where I was located was New Orleans. Um, so I went to uh, Loyal University in New Orleans. And I loved the city. And a big part of me was like, I hope I don't have to travel too much because I want to stay in New Orleans all the time. I just want to be there with my people. Um, and what happened with my job over that year was actually the exact opposite. Like the first trip I went on, I just fell in love. And I was like, I want to travel so much more. The the trips were so much fun. Um, there's, there is something. See, I-
0: that's so interesting that you say that about about traveling. So I think yeah. like my ideal scenario would be like a little bit of traveling here and there. Uh, My first job out of college was as a color research chemist. And um, I think I was telling you about this recently, uh, but it was supposed to be 25% travel to Mexico to manage plant operations. And then at the end of my first week, uh, they changed that to 10% of the time I'd be traveling and it would be to Canada, not Mexico. Long story, terrible company. Very glad I left. But then I also like, and, and I don't know if it was because I think it really probably had more to do with me hating that job so much at the time, but I was like, I don't want to travel. like, like traveling for work always sounded so exciting, but I'm like, what I like, I don't want to go sit by at a hotel by myself in a city by myself all the yeah. time. or just like be by myself. And I'm sure it's different with admissions because you're probably going with events. So there's probably like counselors from other schools that you probably get to know um, sure. and all of that. So I'm sure that's a little bit of a different vibe and you also liked your jobs. <laughs> so, so, i'm sure that that helps but i was just like oh no i don't want to like i don't do, like I, I like to go home at the end of the day
1: so i um they have these things with the jesuit schools there's like a little less than 30 jesuit schools and um most of them will hop on and do these like traveling trips together so they'll do like a trip in the northeast they'll do a trip right and so i got to do, they were called jets like jesuit you know something travel so, um, I'm, I'm sure I got that wrong, but we would travel together and because our counseling team at Loyola was so busy, you know, just doing their regular visits to schools in their own territories, they would send me on these jets, which is like the dream. Cause I get to just be with people that I get to meet people and just hang out with them on buses and go to all these places. And so you become like a little family for a week and I would, yeah, that's a fun. very
0: different experience.
1: Yeah. I mean, it, it was so much fun. Um, so, so coming back, I'd be like, oh man, I wish I was still on the jet. Uh, but yeah, a, a traveling was incredible. Um, and then, I mean, being able to share my experience with families and being able to see like the progression, I've had that same experience this year, but like from day one, meeting a family and talking through everything. And, and even if they didn't think it was possible or they didn't think they might like financially make it work. And then getting to like the end of it where they're making it happen. They're making it work. We've helped them, you know, the whole thing. I mean, it's such a beautiful ride that, that I loved um, while I was there for sure.
0: Yeah, definitely, and I think like that relationship piece is one of the reasons why I'm so excited to kind of get into this world more, because um, I think like in in what we do, I mean, in what I do in the classroom, and also just like in in what we do in college counseling, it's the relationships really are at the at the heart of it, which I think is uh, really cool, and it I think it takes the right type of person to kind of uh, really dive in and, and kind of lean into that aspect of it as well. Um, so for me, what I found, uh, after graduating undergrad is I was surprised at how difficult that transition was to just like, all of a sudden my identity was so much wrapped up in being a student for such a long time. Um, and it sounds like, you know, it's, it's one thing from the academic sense to define yourself as the student, but it also sounds like you and I were pretty similar where, uh, you know, you're also representing your school as a student in admissions and and all of the extracurriculars you're doing and all of that. Um, So how did you find that transition at at that time? Uh, Because for me, that, that was something that I was wholly unprepared for and it's just like, oh, I've always defined myself by academics and by being a student. And then even in grad school, that was a totally different thing. Um, and my grad school experience was was very much a, a pressure cooker in a very different way. And that was also really weird for me because I was like, I was not waving the banner of my grad school whatsoever um, because it was, it was very much just like a, just a job. So especially with you staying on to work for your undergrad, did it make the transition more natural or how did
1: that happen for you? Yeah, totally. I um, it was a little I think it was actually difficult for me because I was on campus a lot and so like I really wanted to like, give notes I guess to, to like the students cuz I was still, you know, like there were people that were juniors when I was a senior like now right. they're seniors. And, um, and I'm watching student government be the way it is. And and I have to like, let that go, you know, I have to let these things that I was so attached to go, um, which is so hard to do when you're so close up. Um, And I also, I think because I stayed in New Orleans, which I loved and I made the call and, um, and I I loved my job that year, but part of me had didn't have this like mental click that like I had my first real job. It's different now. Yeah. And, and when I, when, when I moved to like my first city outside of, of my college town, and you know, sort of got a job which felt like more on my own, mm-hmm. um, which I I did everything senior year to like prove that I was worthy of the job. So I I think that was really my first job. You know, was yeah.
0: Um, but that's that's an interesting point too because I felt very much the same way. Where you know, part of the reason I mean, I ended up getting a getting a job in the chemical industry, which was like the ultimate reason why I didn't apply to stay on. But part of me was like, you know, if I stay associated uh, with Indiana State. And like, I get a job or I get an opportunity based on these people who already know me. It's like, you're, it is such a false equivalency because you're right. Like you've done everything in your time there to, to kind of build those relationships. Those aren't like that's a total valid way to, to kind of get, get in, but I do completely relate to that. No feeling like I don't want to be like, I want to know that I am not just exceptional here, but I can like go strike out and make it elsewhere. And So for me, that was really apparent. Um, So Indiana state doesn't have any grad program in chemistry. So in some ways I was really, Uh, motivated and happy about that because, you know, it would have been very easy for me to kind of apply for a program that already knew me and that I had proven myself in. Um, But uh, for me, uh, when I was applying for grad schools, I got rejected from my safety school. (laughs) So uh, that was a very dark day because it was like, Oh yeah! Oh crap! Um, turns out it was like nothing about my quality of a candidate, which I had no knowledge of at the time. They just had absolutely no funding for organic chemistry grad students, and they ended up having to let like three quarters, or it was maybe even more, of that um, one of my really good friends from my internship ended up uh, going to. So Ohio State was my safety school, um, and like they going from year one to year two, it was something like seventy five percent or greater. They were like, you can stay here, but you're going to have to pay us now, which is something that you don't do in STEM. Uh, If you are getting a PhD in STEM, you should absolutely have a stipend and have everything paid for. Um, So that ended up being a big blessing in disguise. But when, when that happened, I was like, what programs here could I be? accepted to because it was like I had done my senior thesis was on tree ring research. I did dendrochemistry. So the fusion of tree ring research and chemistry, the field work was a lot of fun. And that's when it stopped. And that was one day of a year long project. So so, 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 but I was like, oh, like Dr. Spear would definitely take me on as a grad student. And I could just like, I was like, I don't know. Um, I mean, what I would do with it. With PhD in dendrochronology, like go teach dendrochronology somewhere, hopefully, glad that's not what happened. I actually ended up applying for the MBA program and I was accepted to the MBA program, but I was like, that was just a total panic application. (laughs) Um, So then uh, like, obviously my application to uh, uh, Marquette came through and the rest is kind of history there. Totally. Um, But I, but I, and not to make this all about myself, but I, but I, I definitely, uh, relate to that feeling of wanting to feel like you made it on your own. And for me, when you're describing your job of like not having your own territory, my nature is like, if I were in that position, I would like take that position, like recognizing that I had to pay my dues, whatever. But like from day one, I would be like, I'm better than these counselors that have a territory.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> like I'm just like, it's, it's more composition with myself than anything else, but it, it would just be like, if it's, if it's a new position and it like feels like different, I'd be like, no, 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 no. I'm like, I'm, I'm gunning for the top. Um, So like, did you, did you feel any of that? And, and I don't know, you can respond to my diatribe there.
1: Well, I, and I need to talk about one thing you mentioned. (laughs) So one thing, one thing. um, So I did, I am um, what I, what I didn't realize about myself until I'm, you know, a full grown adult was I am innately, very competitive and it is competitive with myself. So mm-hmm. um, I, I think there was this really wonderful feeling of them saying like, if we had a counselor space, like you would obviously be it. So um, they did sort of recognize that. Um, we actually had someone leave uh, in starting sort of in the spring semester who handled all scheduling for all the visits on campus. So the tours, the mm-hmm. presentation, mm-hmm. and they had just the last per- the person who had the position for the fall, um, had kept scheduling me because she had recognized that i was really good at giving the presentations to these large groups like Mm -hmm. the big school groups or big family groups and i love that because being competitive right i was like wanting every single time i got you know downstairs to do a presentation to like how am i going to make this like a stand-up comedy special like how am i going to make this so much interactive and fun like i'd have these like cheesy jokes and just try to interact with them Um, so i really I, i did feel like i proved myself but it was definitely competitive um internally with myself but you actually mentioned something so cool in your in your past about Ohio being safety. It is so key now that we're talking about you know, college counseling to know the whole backstory. And I think families try to know the whole backstory. It's so hard to know the backstory. It's also hard to know, like when you get that decision, the backstory, because sometimes you're like, oh, I just got denied. So my first school that I went to has on Google has a very, very small acceptance rate. So this is actually Mm. the opposite of sort of, you know, what happened to you, right? So I had a very small acceptance rate and I I was like, oh, I got into the most competitive school. I can't believe it, I'm going. And I go and I find out very quickly that my specific major, they're just like wishing people will apply. So my my specific major is probably more like a 90% because they really want people to apply. So like, you never know that by just looking at these, you know, certain stats and similar with you, like you would not know, you just think you got denied, but really there's some backstory about they don't have that program, whatever. Right. So I think that that's such a a little nugget that a lot of families learn later on, but it's something to know, like going into this whole process.
0: Well, and I think it's so true too, that like you put so much weight on those kinds of things when you're an 18 year old, when you're a 22 year old, Uh, like for me, for, for grad school, going to grad school, where you go to grad school is critically important if you are wanting to stay in academia. But even with that, there's, there's postdocs, there's, there's lots of um, things that, I mean, I could spend an entire hour talking about all of the problems with academia. That's why I left. but uh so so that is true to a certain point but i was kind of like you know i may hate academia i may hate teaching so ultimately i was like looking at the jobs that i wanted in the chemical industry and like i needed a phd for those um so it was like i had the industry connections already from like the the job that i had out of undergrad and my internship and all that and so it was like okay i i have a sense of how the chemical industry works. So it's like, okay, I can, you know, make the most out of whatever program I go to if I'm not staying in academia. But I think that's, that's such a hard, um, perspective to have when when your peers and all of uh, all of the people that are surrounding you are putting so much importance on that but it's just really more about being open to the possibilities of where life will take you and i mean i feel like i'm a perfect example of that of having a master's degree in organic chemistry and i'm going to be in college counseling like i'm not going to be doing anything with my technical training uh so but it's like i've I've never been happier just kind of following along with with the opportunities that that have presented as they've presented um and i think it, it sounds like your experience is is pretty similar in that way uh, and so I want to uh, get off industry chat a little bit, because I feel like <laughs> yeah. this is very, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the college counseling stuff appeals to a very, a very niche group. Uh, we but
1: you have to shout out Megan real quick, because I know she's going to listen to this. Absolutely. And, she's and she works in college counseling. So shout out to me.
0: Yes. Shout out to Megan. Super excited to be on her team next year um, and super glad that she's listening. Uh, so so um, I find it really interesting because you and I have become really good work friends and then we've become real friends beyond that. Um, but a couple weeks ago, like you didn't have a car. We were going to something after work. So you rode with me and I like, you got in the car and I just talked nonstop the entire drive to where we were going. And I was like, I had that realization of like, oh my God, like there's all of this backstory of just like Milwaukee and Indiana and just like random things that we were talking about. I think mostly about like wedding stuff because Ben's getting married soon (laughs) Uh, and uh, and just, uh, you know, like all of the, the, uh, everything that surrounds a wedding and it's like my philosophy and I um, have never planned a wedding. I but my philosophy about a wedding is like if you're feeding people and you've got a decent music offering, whether that's a band or a DJ, like people are going to be fine. Like if, if you're feeding me, it, it's fine. Because the other thing is, is no one is ever going to admit that someone else's wedding is better than theirs. And I've also been to one of the most like just objectively bad weddings and the bride and groom think that it went so well. And that's what I was telling you about. Um, but uh, with all of that said, I, I, it it's great because I feel like like so many of our conversations are about work things, and it's always like as things are unfolding. When we debrief, it's like we notice the exact same things and are like usually on the same page, uh, which is great to have a person like that. Uh, but also, I am like there's so much that I don't know about you. So I know that you are from Colorado, um, but we both live in Florida now, and so my listeners kind of have a sense of how I wound up in Florida from Indiana, my great Midwest tour. And now I'm, now I'm in Florida, but,
1: but how did you end up in St. Petersburg, Florida? (laughs) I love it. It's a great question. So um, originally from Denver, Colorado. um, And that's sort of my, like, that's my city. Like I love, I love Denver. It's sort of my everything. It has changed a lot. Obviously like I went off to college and um, it's a whole different city. It's just, you know, tons of people move there, um, which is uh, I think people know that, but um, it's, it's an incredible place. Um, so I grew up there and loved it. And I went to an arts high school and I majored from middle school. So I, when I was like 12, 11, all the way up until 18 um, in stagecraft, which was doing backstage work, professional theater work and loved it. Um, and so I always saw myself sort of staying in the arts and around high school, I got introduced to the recording studio. Um, And so I started making music um, because, you know, recording studio with theater, you're making all the sound effects. So I was I was doing all that. um, But I made music, made albums and loved it. Um, And so when I looked at college, I looked at programs that had um, sort of music industry studies. Um, So the business side, but also still being able to create the art. Um, and uh, I found you know, obviously some schools. I went to a first school, transferred to Loyola. Loyola has an incredible music industry program. If you know the rapper G-Eazy, he graduated there. He met his manager there. Um, you get to sort of meet these people. You get to watch you know, people come back uh, into town like G-Eazy and speak. Um, and so loved it. Um, but also I come from a family of, uh, of people who have worked a lot in sort of local government. My dad worked for the governor. So um, I always had it in the back of my mind of like, maybe I'll get into government, which sounds crazy as an arts kid. Um, But I decided to add a political science minor, loved it. uh, And obviously ran for student government president. All of that is being said is, once I do my admissions work at Loyola, um, my, at the time, girlfriend, um, is a music teacher for, for young kids. Um, and she was looking at places to teach all across the country. We were gonna move somewhere. Um, and she got hired at the school we work at now in St. Petersburg. We moved to St. Pete, Florida, a beautiful, 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 incredible, wonderful, progressive, awesome, can't say enough about it, city. And I was following my political science heart and um, was trying to see how I could work for the city. Um, and, a, and an opportunity came out to be a legislative aide for the chair of city council here. So I got to do that for a year and a half and fell in love with it. But while I was doing that in the back of my mind, I was thinking, how can I you know, get back into admission? So to your point about letting life guide you, um, I have a degree in music industry studies, a focus in business and a political science minor, and I'm now doing college counseling. And it's not because like I didn't have a job and I needed to find something. I love what I do. Um, and I, I, it's an inc- I recommend it highly to everyone. Obviously, I'm so excited that you're going to be joining that team. Um, it's, it is an um, incredible industry. Um, so I definitely think that's the best piece of advice for anyone in life, probably, is just letting, it, just letting opportunities come to you and, and not being scared because it's not in your lane necessarily.
0: Yeah, well, and so that is something that I reflect on, honestly, so much because so I had two job offers. Well, I had two job offers that I was considering uh, when I graduated undergrad. One, as I said, was a color research chemist in the industry that I had studied for and trained for. So that's obviously what I accepted because I was like, I. I'm going to be wasting my degree and wasting my experience if I don't use that. And even at the time I was like, maybe I do that for five years, maybe whatever ended up going for grad school, have obviously spent more than five years doing chemistry related things. Um, but, I, but again, I put a lot of value in like, this is what I trained for. This is what I'm going to do uh, versus the other job, which I'm uh, glad that I didn't take because it it, it would not have led me to where I am now, but it would, it, it was as an insurance adjuster in Bloomington, Indiana. Bloomington is such a great city. Um, it's actually the same job that my, um, older brother had. So it's like, eh, he seems pretty happy, whatever. Like I can do this. Um, but even though the, the like the, the, offers were, competitive salary right salary wise but the insurance job came with a company car i was like oh like no i'll I'll take the same salary no company car because i'm putting value in this degree thing and and, but um it not necessarily and like i'm also someone that always had a plan but i've also always been okay with just being like okay this plan didn't work out perfect example is when I was a tenure track professor, I was like at the university that I was at, it's like, I'm going to be here for at least two years and kind of feel it out. And I've talked openly on this podcast. This was a place that would have fired me if they knew that I was gay. So it's like, I'm going to give them two years, figure out if that's like really the case. And, but I'm going to give, I'm going to have my two years of experience and then I will kind of expand my search, if it's not working out after two years, whatever. Um, I was there for a year and then came to the job that I have now as a chemistry teacher. And um, obviously, it's worked out uh, very well for me and personally, professionally, all of that. Um, So so, uh, it's just, uh, I don't know, it's, it's the, I certainly need the comfort of having a plan, but I'm also completely ready to ditch that at, at a moment's notice. Um, so I think that's really cool. Um, I also like the, uh, you know, working in government, having a background in the arts, I think like, you know, arts funding is, is, uh, I do think there's a kind of more of a natural overlap than, than, uh, initially people might, might think there. Um, but yeah, I don't know. That's, that's, <laughs> that, that's uh, all very cool and yeah. glad that you have uh, come to St. Pete. Me too. Um, so uh, just a total rapid gear shift. We had a three-day weekend, which is another huge benefit of working in schools is like the time off that <laughs> that you get kind of built into your schedule is incredible. Uh, yeah. Did you do anything great with the three-day weekend?
1: Um, we... <laughs> we, we are very much like, 80 years old in 26 year old bodies. Um, we love sort of staying in and watching movies, um, but we are also on sort of a running kick. So we try to do three miles um, mm-hmm. Saturday. So, which I'm, to Dan is like a zero, <laughs> it's nothing. Dan's over here that- doing six every day. I did so, six and a half
0: today. <laughs> that's
1: ridiculous. Really that's ridiculous I was asked on you earlier this week that we're training to do six <laughs> and, and you do six on on a, on a whim um but we are um yeah, so totally. So we got to do that. Um, we spent some time in Tampa a little bit. We actually, this is I can't believe I missed this, but we did go to a wedding. <laughs> so that we're not total hum buddies uh, this weekend, but um, we did go to a wedding of a friend who used to work at the school that we both teach at now, um, and uh, it was very cool. It's very cool to see. Um, it's also cool to go to a wedding, the first that we've been to since COVID, and also um, a month before. You know, we're getting married, so we got to sort of have our mental notes of okay, this is what we want to do. This is even though we've planned, you know, ninety six percent of it. um, It's cool to still, you know, see another wedding and be like, okay, cool, cool, cool.
0: We're gonna totally do it better. (laughs) Uh, Speaking of the wedding, did you end up making it to the birthday party? So Ben and I were supposed to be at a a friend's birthday party. Well, I I was at a a, at the friend's birthday party. (laughs) It's the same same evening as the wedding. Did you end up making it to the birthday party?
1: We did, we actually got there uh, and we probably were the, I mean, she. it was her family and that's it. Like it was like three people in her that were left and her husband and uh, we showed up, we said, hi. we like, it was, it was so cool. We, we had walked from the wedding a mile. And so it was, you know, we're kind of sweaty and yeah. we said hi, we said happy birthday. It was very cool to see her. Uh, I didn't get to see many of the costumes. It was a very cool theme. Um, I did immediately ask what Dan was wearing and then we said goodbye and left. But it was very cool to see her at the end of the night
0: that's hilarious because we so we ended up leaving early like normally we're staying like we're always the last ones to leave anything i feel like uh but we left early because we had plans sunday morning that ended up being canceled um but you know that just kind of happens to us when i plan things apparently <laughs> um, so i don't know but uh it, it, that that was uh no it was a it was a fun party um so okay what else what else is going on ben what's what's new
1: um it is uh it's wild to be um sort of not that a lot of people know this but um you know we're about to have summer obviously um and then uh we're moving uh you know abroad we're moving to another country so, mic
0: drop
1: <laughs> <laughs> so that's a um that's a wild uh thing to be planning a wedding and to be planning traveling to a whole other country, because we're moving to Scotland. Um, so that that is a very cool experience. Um, and it'll be sort of sad to leave. But um, I've definitely get, you know, I've received and, and sort of bonded and created lifelong friends uh, in St. Pete. So but it is a crazy time for sure.
0: Do you guys know where you're living yet? Um We know the city.
1: okay that's a start start. (laughs) we have our plane tickets um (laughs) we have not found a place yet but also we are so i mean it's the end of the summer when we move so it's like keeping our eyes open but also like a lot of things are like moving now and so yeah
0: right well not to mention the whole you know wedding thing that's happening before that i feel like there it's there's a there's a lot of things taking your attention at this point, yeah. I know, but that's, that's also the big bummer. Cause it's like, I mean, I knew that before I interviewed for my position, but then I was like, Oh no, this, like this office would have been so solid. Um, so I'm really anxious about who we're going to get to, to fill your spot. Um, but if you, you could always just, you know, decide to, to not move to Scotland <laughs> and the uh, St. Pete is as great as you, as you describe, yeah. um, but no, that's awesome. That's going to be really exciting. Um, but you know that's just again how life happens did you ever think that you would be moving to scotland
1: we had we had talked about this sort of plan before moving to saint pete really about eventually spending some time before we have kids um and really before we have pets because we can't wait to get a dog um to to travel um and it also seems like a cool thing minus the fact that you have to plan all this, you know, you have to do a lot of <laughs> planning work. Um, but it just seemed like a cool idea to both get married and then start that by being able to travel and, and being in a, um, in Europe specifically, um, it is a lot easier to sort of go and travel around Europe once you're there. Um, right. So that's incredible. But yes, totally. When I, um, when I graduated college, you know, even just back then, like at zero. I didn't even study abroad like when I was in school I mean I was so involved on campus so like I never right. thought this would be even a possibility um, and it is so cool to be here now.
0: No that is awesome I also there's there's so many things that like people will tell me like so when this episode releases I will be in Paris yeah, and right. it's like there's so many people that are like oh it must be nice to not have kids and I'm like yeah and it's like you know i i think i want kids but i'm really in no rush for any of that because it's like there's you there's so many things that you can do that like i you have yourself and your soon-to-be wife to to consider uh like it's it's so much easier to just kind of throw things, not, not even in reckless abandon, but so much easier to just actually pull the trigger and do things. Cause it's like, I mean, kids come with schedules and needs and not to mention the cost of traveling with them and all of that. Um, so I know, I think that's, that's really exciting that, that you're pulling the trigger and, and doing that now. Uh, and I mean, like once in a lifetime experience to spend, um, at least a year, I mean, who knows what will happen at the end of the year. Um, but yeah, that's great. I mean, I just, it's, it's, I don't know. I don't, I really do not envy people my age with, uh, with <laughs> children, um, based on, so I mean, even just like moving to St. Pete, like that would not have been an easy decision if I, like, I mean, I, my brother was yeah i think a year younger than i was when i moved to saint pete when he had his first kid like if i had a one-year-old like i would not have picked up across the country and like left my job that i knew that like was feeding my family and and all of that for for all that so kids complicate things i think are
1: like you know we talk about you know after scotland and and whatever our our home is sort of after that being more long-term because of that same fact like Well, we will have kids, you know, know, probably when we get back at some point, Um, probably pretty, you know, quick after we get back. um, (laughs) If it was up to Maryland, it'd be yesterday, but (laughs) but (laughs) but it is, uh, you know, it'll be exciting, but it'll also be, you know, to your point, uh, a long-term location because of, you know, you probably won't be moving, you know, with kids. But um, yeah, I I know a lot of my friends now, um, you know, starting to have kids and, To me, it's crazy. But if you asked me in high school, I'd be like, oh, that seems like a perfect time to have kids. But now like being this age, it's like, wow, that's crazy. Like, I, you know, I want to be like stable. I want to be in that location. I want to, you know, so there's all these things to consider, but um, that's just how life goes. Well,
0: yeah. And even, so I remember thinking, so my brother got married the October after he and his wife graduated undergrad. So they were 22. And I remember, so he's four years older than me. So it was my freshman year of college that they're uh, the year that they got married. Um, so I remember thinking like, okay, I'm going to meet my person in college and like, we'll be engaged our senior year. And like, I had several cousins that did that. Like, it just like, it seemed like, and I mean, especially in the Midwest, like if you're not married by 25, you're, you're not the norm. Um, but then like, as I approached graduation, like my senior year, I was like, there is absolutely no way that I am ready for any of that. Cause that like, I was still in the mode of like, I need to like go do something else somewhere else, meet somebody somewhere else (laughs) before any of that, any of that falls into into place. But again, that's just, I don't know, different strokes
1: for different folks, as they say. I had um, a couple of like, not ground rules because I, I had no you know I, I don't have rules, but I sort of had these things in my brain that i I wanted to hit those benchmarks before getting married and and one of them was obviously living with the person and depending on who you asked, that's like either yes or no like it, there's a lot of people who actually believe you shouldn't before you get married mm. uh, but it was for me it, it made you know a lot of sense for us to sort of know each other's have and uh, we well, we did meet in college um, that was very unexpected we were we were friends first, which Um, I could talk for hours and hours on end about how I think that's just like the perfect situation. But um, we were friends and then we started dating. And so, you know, having literally being dorms next door to each other and having that experience in college, um, it wasn't a huge jump to being in an apartment or, you know, living together. Um, And so not a lot has actually changed in that regard, but it was still important for me to do that. Um, But we had been together for a a good enough time and uh, obviously we're very excited to um, continue on being together.
0: Yeah. Well, and, and and the whole living together thing, like I think if you're talking like 18, 19, 20 years old, yeah, maybe not the right time or the best idea. I mean, depending on what your timeline is, if you're like going to get married at 21, 22, then maybe you have a different calculus there. But also at a certain point, it just becomes like, it, it kind of becomes silly. Not, silly is not the right word, but but it just becomes logistically easier uh, to live with a person. I mean, if you're spending like every weekend all the time, I like with each other, anyway. Um, at like at a certain point, it's kind of like why pay for two mortgages or pay for two rents when like it's it's uh, when you know you have a solid foundation and it's not just like a passing thing. Um, yes. it becomes a, a totally different thing. Um, I agree. But yeah, all right. Is there anything else? You've got the stage. We'll wrap this up. This is already uh, longer, but it's been a long time coming and it's been a lot of fun to have you here. So I just want to give you anything uh, that we haven't covered that you want to, that you want to speak on.
1: I'm so honored that you asked me to be on and uh, this has been so cool. Um, I want to also give a quick shout out to literally any of the students who um who told you that that you should meet me and that we would, we would probably be good friends because over the past like three months, we've become so close um, and you're one of my besties. So um, it's so cool to, to be able to, to be on your podcast as your number one fan. Um, <laughs> and, uh, and I hope to be on again in the future. Yeah, definitely. You've got
0: an open invitation. We will definitely do this when you're in Scotland, because I definitely want to hear about how all of that goes. Uh, and speaking of scotland and maybe this is too personal of a question to ask on the podcast but whatever uh do you know what you're going to be doing in
1: scotland oh that's a great great question um and i always say something like i have yeah. to word something um yeah. i uh you know so um uh, my wife is getting um her master's degree in scotland that's why we're moving we're very excited i um will be doing <laughs> something obviously um i am also i'm looking at jobs Basically, in our industry right now, um, in that sort of realm, but also just being open again to opportunity. This is the theme. But <laughs> I, know, I, know. I really did not
0: know that, that this was going to be such a such a through line of the podcast. But <laughs> I love it. I love
1: it. <laughs> just be open, folks. And and there's going to be a, a brie themed uh, title for sure. Uh,
0: but I am I'm very excited. So I don't know. My my boyfriend told me that it was time for to to. <laughs> The <laughs> Brie and he is the unofficial producer. So I, I think, uh, we might have to, um, I mean, we didn't even talk about Brie, but where do you stand on Brie? Are you a big Brie guy?
1: So I, the, the last girl I dated before Marilyn was named Brie. So if I oh, we've talked about this. Love Brie, Marilyn always is like, Oh, do you? No, no but, but, um, I'm a fan of a good cheese, um, there are some cheeses that I think are off limits for me, but for the most part, I'm a fan. Love all of it, except for some of them. <laughs> and, yeah.
0: Well, I hope when this releases that I have just a face full of Brie, uh, because again, France.
1: <laughs> because these upcoming episodes that you will eventually record, um, it gives me a lot of good content to listen to and good planning because the last time i heard an episode that was about something that i was thinking about doing we then ended up planning a trip to epcot so i'm excited to then plan trips to all the places you do definitely it's
0: gonna be so so much easier for you to to get there soon um yeah i am just like i'm such i i mean uh, overthinking is a constant problem in in my life i overthink and over anticipate everything i am just so freaking excited but i feel like i won't be able to just like calm down until i am on my flight to paris (laughs) because i'm like i'm like i keep checking the weather the weather here is like supposed to be very good on friday so i'm like hopefully no flight delays like i already have arrangements to get to the airport um i have arrangements that i need to firm up for my cat all of those things that i can take care of but just like being at the mercy of an airline is stressful also i am so stressed about how to pack for this because and the main thing is um the footwear aspect of things because so it's apparently going to range from like 40 degrees to 70 degrees when we're there so i think i have a plan i've got like one of those packable down jackets because i was like I mean, I kind of want to, like, if I have the space, which I don't think I will, I want to bring like my nice winter coat um, that I never get to wear anymore. Um, But I've got a more practical, easier to pack coat. So that's probably what I'll be doing. um, And that'll be fine. Um, But then I really have this really cute pair of boots (laughs) that I want to pack. And it's like, I guess I could wear them on, that. that is Honestly, probably going to be. I'm probably just going to bite the bullet and wear them all day on Friday. My only thing is, is like that's going to be a lot of time in those boots because, um, like I, I mean, I guess I could bring them to work and change in them. That would cut down a little bit of the time. But then I, my flight leaves at 5 p.m. My first flight leaves at 5 p.m., and then it's a red eye flight. And I get in Paris at eleven fifty-five a.m. the next day, uh, so that's a lot of time in in those boots, is all I'm saying. But they are comfortable, and I want to have them. I I don't know. I'm stressed. Yeah. I'm stressed. That's actually going to be what I do after I uh, am done with the podcast is start packing because I just want to I want to make sure I've got those solid fits.
1: So I so as I say this, I I, I wonder if you'll I think you'll relate to this airports and traveling for me are like my red carpets so i know i'm wrapping up but i get this weird feeling and no one is looking at me at the airport but i always want to show up looking like and it's comfortable i'm going to wear comfortable clothes like sweatpants whatever but they're going to be like cool i'm going to wear my cool shoes like i even traveling when i'm packing my outfits like it's something about me and like i want my headphones to look i want everything to look cool. like i just feel very much into my fashion when i'm traveling and like working in you know, a regularly daily life like I am like throw on a t-shirt but when I'm down, <laughs> I gotta, I gotta do something cool.
0: okay I relate I relate to that to a certain extent I am very much of the mindset that like traveling and flights are an experience like I I like to be elevated and I also I am very much I'm like I think if you're if you're dressed and I'm not like talking like I'm not talking like put on a, a suit. I, so um, I traveled a lot in college. Um, I was part of a scholarship program that traveled and like just I traveled with the university a lot. And there was this kid in my scholarship program that so um, at the time, um, and you know what? I'm gonna put her on blast because the new president, President Deborah Curtis cut this out and it was a huge uh, perk to having the scholarship. And it was one of those things that Um, The honors director really fought to keep uh, and like interviewed me about the benefits and it's like there's so many intangible benefits, uh, but this president is all about like bottom line and fundraising and like has basically said that the people who had my scholarship which was like it was the top academic scholarship full ride Um, But she's like, they aren't making enough money. And it's like, okay, are you putting me in front of like fortune 500 companies to give me an opportunity to like make this money? No, like the scholarship is open to any major, any of that. And Indiana state's like top program is education. So we have a lot of teachers that come through there. um, And it's like the first time I met her and she was like, Oh, like she was just kind of put off by, it was, it was when I was a professor and she was like, she was just kind of like turned off by that because she's like, you should be donating more to the university, which like, I understand. But at the same time, there's a way to cultivate that relationship and I was also 26 at the time. I had been graduated for four years. Like right. give me some time, uh, but now I'm never donating. Um, but anyway, there, there was a um, hiking trip. And I used to do like the $40 a year alumni dues for like the alumni membership. And I even stopped doing that. Cause I was like, no, this was, I was, I felt disrespected and yeah. I'm petty. So um, <laughs> anyway, the, but, the, but there was a, a trip uh, between your junior and senior year Ours, we went to Yosemite, Death Valley, and we had a day in Vegas. And so it was a hiking trip. But uh, the point of this was there was a kid in my cohort who, like, like me, was like, you need to dress up on a plane. Um, but like he meant like dress because he's like, you never know who you're going to be sitting by. And it's like on this trip you do because like we all like we're all sitting next to each other. Cool. Um, so he put on a full three piece suit for every flight. Um, this kid, it was a math education major. He's a math teacher. Now it's like, wh- wh- you, you really think a principal of a public school in Indiana is going to be like, Oh my God, you were like in a polo and jeans on the flight. How could I ever like, what connection do you even think that you're trying to make? Uh, but so that was obnoxious. He also pronounced Merlot Merho and <laughs> He uh, studied abroad in Italy and was, uh, so Merlot is served room temperature like red wine is supposed to be. Um, and on the trip, uh, he and um, this other guy who was like, it really uh, like, he was a first generation college student. He was a pretty cool kid, um, but like was also a little bit messy at times, but like the two of them really became close on that trip and uh was like oh i've got merlot in my room um and like we were at the resort whatever we were uh like just like chilling he's like let me go get it and then um the kid who uh was the 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 first gen student not that that's relevant to this story at all but he, but he was the first student was like uh oh is it chilled and the kid who had studied abroad in italy said of course i'm like you don't even know like you you are doing this wrong and but was like so pretentious about it Um, and then we're in the middle of Death Valley we're at a resort and there's one restaurant within like 60 miles and we're there for two days so we are gonna have to come back to this restaurant and Like we're a group of about 20 that come in and it's like, it's a, it's a, like not a huge resort. So like, they're not used to like a huge rush all at once. Um, So like our service was a little bit slow, but it was also like, we're in the middle of the desert and it's nighttime. Like what there's literally nothing we can do uh, besides sit here and wait for dinner anyway. And his table didn't tip because they're like, oh, that was an unacceptable service, blah, blah blah. It's like you idiot. We have to come back. Like you think our service was bad tonight? <laughs> so, 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 so anyway, but yes, no, I totally get that. It's like no, like travel, travel is an experience. Like you've got to turn out a look for traveling, and it's like listen, like I we've I've gotten free drinks on planes and stuff before because it's like one, I treat the stewards like people, uh, and
1: two, I look cute.
0: <laughs> so, 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 so. I
1: can have comfort be a top priority. Like I will definitely have comfort, but I want to be like stylish comfort. I will I will not wear a three piece suit on a plane. I will not.
0: Right. Yeah, no, I like I like. I no So, so there's, there's a different, like it, it's all about not looking like a slob and having a good time. I'm also just like, so stoked that I'm not going to have to wear a mask in the airport. I'm just like, I'm really excited in Philadelphia to pull up to a bar, sit down and like eat a meal. I think I've got like a two hour layover. So I'm like, I'm going to eat a meal, just like chill. I'm on vacation and then I'm going to get on that plane. And then I'm going to freak out on my way to Paris because I
1: am just so freaking excited. <laughs> you're going to be too excited.
0: I know. And that's, I know, I know. I don't, I really, I, I literally don't even know why, what my plan is. Um, I, I like just, I've got so many logistics things that I need to figure out. And by logistics things, I mean, like, um, I mean, I actually do have a plan, like my, i am ga- I need to bring wired headphones because like my AirPods are going to die on an eight hour flight. Um, and it's also going to be nighttime. And like, I don't want to be that guy that like reads with the reading lamp, the entire flight, like I'm going to read part of that. I don't know. I don't know. I'm going to just like, uh, I don't know. I'm going to explode with excitement. So <laughs> I'm excited to hear about it. I love that it was like, let's wrap this up. And then I went on a diatribe about somebody in college who was pretentious on
1: airplanes. No, I think that's the best story for sure. I think that's the top story.
0: Yeah. In fact, I may just like cut out like all of the college counseling chat and just focus on this part. <laughs> <interview. laughs> No, this is going to be, okay, but this is going to be a very long episode, but that's good because all of my danticizers out there are going to have to go a week without me because there is no way that I'm going to be able to produce an episode for May 8th. So, uh, just in the meantime, follow me on Twitter at Babylon Dan. You can follow me on Instagram at Daniel Burkett. Ben, do you have anything that you would like to
1: plug? <laughs> I mean, people can follow me (laughs) if they want. Um, I don't even know what it is, Uh, but um, I do make music, um, so probably everything online is under my music, um, which is Benjamin Noah, which is very cool, Um, but you should um, definitely keep following Dan because this podcast is blowing up.
0: And I'm just going to add to that plug for a representative taste of the music. The song "Kevin Durant" on Spotify by Benjamin Noah. That's a great place to start. Uh, so, 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 give that, uh, give that a listen. But uh, until not next week, because I'm going to be europe in and up europe in it up that's does is not a phrase that anybody says (laughs) and now i know why it does not roll off the tongue um but uh until may 15th give me lots of time to cultivate more advertisers (laughs) watch i'm gonna have zero ads that episode (laughs) Uh, all right we're gonna we're gonna wrap this uh thanks so much for joining them thank you so much